Missouri against the Nissan. Makes a nice move in across the line. Drops it back. Connecting. Connecting. Got the shot. They score! Oscar Lindblom buries it. And the power play goal ties this game into... This is episode 50 of the Liberty O. I am Danny Diemer here with Chris Stompo and special guest for the Big 5-0, founding father of the Liberty Line, Drew Smith. How you doing, boss? Yo, what's up, guys? I didn't <laughs> know this up? was episode 50, dude. Yeah. I, what a special occasion. I'm honored. Dude, it's perfect. It, honestly, it all lined up. Like We were supposed to have you on like 48 or something like that, but now nah, it's just you were, you were waiting for 50, and I respect that. <laughs> I was holding out for the spotlight for sure. <laughs> That's exactly what happened because me and Danny were talking about. It. We were like, "Does Drew like not want to come on?" But then, then it hit us. We were like, "He's just waiting for the big five zero. So. Well, we Absolutely. did. We, we do most of our episodes, yeah, and we, we were doing most of it after uh, Eagles, Eagles games, games. Mm-hmm. and that was kind of problematic for setting anything up. <laughs> ah, so. A little banged up after Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, that I mean, can't blame him. He's the same way with the Eagles that we are with the Flyers. So yeah, but fuck the Eagles. <laughs> Flyers podcast, hockey podcast, two and zero. Against the Penguins. The best part about it, and I, I've been saying this to, to Stumpo the entire time, is like, I don't even care about 2-0. and It's the fact that the Penguins are starting their year 0-2 with yeah, zero, exactly. zero points, dude. And they just uh, won against the Capitals today in the shootout. And I'm, t- I'm so tired of being force-fed this Penguins-Capitals rivalry. Like, it's actually, like, I, I, all right, uh, OV, Crosby, whatever, like in 2009, <laughs> that shit was entertaining, but like, it, does it annoy you too? Like, they try to force feed that matchup like it's some, like, I mean, just crazy intense rivalry. It's really not. Like, it's always disappointing. I mean, I it doesn't piss me off that they like throw those two players up there because I've, I mean, those players always seem to come through. I know, come through. I know Ovechkin had a goal today, so won me I, money off that. By the way, yeah. So I mean, like, I don't care that they like really show those two players, but like, like you said, the rivalry itself between the two teams suck. So the fact that they, I mean it doesn't work when they try to hype it up, but I mean the two players are really good. So as much as you hate to admit it, how good Crosby is. He's I mean talking about it the other day with my buddy at work. It's it like even though we blew them out both games, even though they outplay it was such a weird two games. Like we blew them out, but we but they outplayed us. Even though we blew them out six three first game and then five two first game or whatever it was, mm-hmm. he still had to have those two goals right. Those two oh, just slimy Crosby goals. Like they were said. slimy goals. That first goal that he had in what? That was game one, right? It was just, it was just such a Crosby goal. A bunch of my buddies all texted me like, dude, that was so sleazy. It just it like was. Ugh. Bro, and like the worst part about it is the NHL account the next day, like, uh, Sidney Crosby back on his bullshit. Like, yeah, no, he's like not. ESPN bro. top 10. I'm like, what are you talking about? We, he worked in both games. <laughs> worked. Worked. <laughs> Absolutely smacked. And, I'm at work and I'm. I complained about how they tweeted that out. I'm like, oh, they have to com- tweet that out, and not the the Faraby thing. But then I looked at it and like, they tweeted the Faraby four point night video out like the tweet before. But still, like the fact that they're like blowing up that play. I but mean, but stumps. What? If Crosby had a four point night, oh there would be gosh. at least fifteen <laughs> tweets about. It. They would have yeah. put him in the Hall of Fame like already. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Like, Dude, give him a jacket. Put him in the Hall of Fame. But. <laughs> Danny, like you said, I mean, Flyers starting off 2-0, and one, like, Philadelphia just needed that type yes. of start, especially against the Penguins after, you know, all this COVID stuff with the NBA, Philly's down bad, Eagles were <laughs> down bad all year, so, uh, nah, it's great, I mean, Flyers start off 2-0, and Penguins 0-2 to start off the season, you couldn't really write it any better. Danny talked about it, I don't know, Danny, I don't know if you talked about it on the radio, but you said it, it's really nice now that the Flyers Penguin Penguins rivalry is really just the Flyers just being a better team now. Like every mm-hmm. time I see that we're gonna verse them on the on like this uh, the schedule, I'm not really scared anymore. Honestly, like I Crosby and Malkin. I mean Malkin had zero points in the two games. Crosby's always gonna get his points, and he's always gonna have whoever's on that line with him look like the next Gretzky for some odd reason. Just Crosby just elevates the players around him. But it's just really nice to just know that the Flyers are just a better. T- team yeah in every way though except for the two guys up front i mean flyers don't have guys like that but in every other way goaltending defense depth on the bottom six top nine i mean in every little way the flyers are just better yeah it's like we don't have the two generational talents but we have everything else that they don't have yeah we, we, it's we, like we, every other piece of the team exactly, but um yeah. but yeah no it's um it, it's good to know that 
we're on top, of course. And I remember saying when we first started up the podcast last year, I was like, there's going to be a point in this year around like March, April, didn't know COVID was going to happen, where I said that around like the time where the playoffs are about to start or like going into the playoffs, like we will finally be ahead of the Penguins, like in just an all facets. Like we're performing better. We have the better pipeline. Like our future is brighter and the present is, is brighter, if that makes sense. And it happened. Like they, they got eliminated by the Montreal Canadiens. And that the play, and they didn't even make the playoffs technically. Like if the, if you go back yeah. on that season on the stat sheet, they didn't make the playoffs. They made it to the bubble, but they didn't make it to the playoffs. And we made it to the second round, one game away from the ECF. And then going into this year, seeing the start, like I was not worried at the going into those games at all. Like I knew that we were just just a better hockey team than the Penguins. And I knew yeah. like like I knew Crosby was going to get his greasy little goal that NHL was going to be hard about. But <laughs> now nah, I'm really confident in this team. How about Farabee in the number eighty six? Yeah. I, I now realize that I can't not wear my 86 shirt, Farabee 86 shirt for a game because I've wore it for two games. We're 2-0, and oh, and I'm really superstitious when it comes to shit like this. <laughs> there Dude, you go. He, he looked awesome in that first game. Second game, he looked a little – I mean, he, he didn't have the same amount of points, obviously, but – He looked good. He did look good, absolutely. But, it, like, last year, you know how – TK and Limblom really like took the flyers and they and they really helped the like, guys like Voracek and Drew who didn't have as many points. I mean, they really helped the Flyers start as hot as they did. And it's good to see the Flyers like it's good to see the Flyers have other players who can do that. And Faraby, hopefully, I mean, we'll talk about Frost later, but I mean, we have so much depth on this team. It's insane. And we harped on all offseason the fact that Limblom and Patrick potentially coming back could be more important than a free agent or a trade acquisition and they both score in their first game back nolan patrick looks electric how about nolan patrick though like he not only looks good which i mean i wasn't gonna be surprised if he looked good but i didn't expect him to look this good this quick at all i mean i I know we talked about it in the the inner squad game but like that was an inner squad game so like i wanted to pat down my expectations but man like every game he plays he just keeps getting better and better i feel like I saw tweets about this before he started playing hockey games again, but it was kind of like said that he was going to be playing hockey like in the lineup, like Mm -hmm. early training camp type. Um, I saw talk of people saying, well, he with his uh, migraine thing, like he had a year to rest. And ever since his draft year, he's never had a chance to fully recover from his nagging hernia issue. You never root for someone to get a migraine disorder, but he did. He does have a year and a half of rest now, yeah. and he's probably fully healthy. So, like, we see him and he's skating fast, and we've said it on the radio. This is like the fastest we've ever seen him so yeah. far. It's crazy how how good he looks. He actually he yeah. really does looks like a number two overall pick, and it's just it. Stop me if I'm getting too hype, but maybe he's just finally fully healthy, and he just yeah. looks what he was touted to be. I, I'm I'm with you there though because when you really look at it, just like you mentioned, like this was like a head injury I and mean, he just like had migraines problems. So it's not like it's not like he like you know tore up his leg or like screwed yeah. up his wrist or his arm or anything. So like yeah, I mean obviously the whole migraine thing sucks and obviously kept him out for over a year. But like I mean I think just with that, it's just like your body's still healthy. You could still probably work out some things. I mean, I know like some days he said he was just like laying in his room, but Yeah. You know, made it. I'm a big Nolan Patrick guy. He's looked awesome. He's been all over the ice, which has been fantastic to see. And I mean, I don't think it's uh unwarranted to start a little Nolan Patrick hype around here. Why not? I mean, the argument with Nolan Patrick was never is he good? It was just whether or not if he can stay healthy. And like Danny said, he looks really healthy right now. I mean, knock on wood, hopefully he continues to stay healthy and continue to look this good. But it's it's really – I mean, getting Limblom and Patrick is better than any acquisition we could have made this offseason. It is so huge now when you see and you look at Sean Couturier potentially being out for like two weeks to a month, even more yeah. so. It, it, you really want Patrick now to just continue this – this momentum he has right now and just to keep trudging forward really absolutely yeah i agree but let's talk about carter hart because oh, I, was, I was just gonna say it. i was just gonna fucking say it <laughs> we have to dude i want to bring up a stat real quick this man has saved 62 shots out of 67 the first two games he's been absolutely everything we thought he was going to be and more honestly i mean he's been awesome to start this season bro he really has first game i was like 
Yeah, I mean, he definitely played good, but I I think it was the offense that more so won this game. Yeah. That second game, it's all Carter Hart. Oh, Carter Hart's the storyline. I don't care that Travis Konechny got a hat trick. That game is not won with Brian Elliott in net. It's just not. Or Alex Lyon, or whoever the fuck is in net. That's, the game will not be won. We were getting dominated for large stretches of that game. That We had power plays that looked like penalty kills. We, we kind of escaped that game with a win. We really did. Honestly, going like... I know we said this about the Montreal series. We said this about the, the Islander series, about how we got outplayed in the Montreal series, but we managed to squeak through. We got outplayed in both these games, too, honestly. Like, bad. The second, the second one, game. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, definitely the second one. First game, I, one. I think, goes either way. Yeah, first one's iffy, but definitely the, like, the first half of the, the second one was like all Pittsburgh. Bad. For sure. And the, no, the, Pittsburgh played a better game. But we played a better third period, and it's all about how you end games. And AV really had those guys tighten things up in the third period because I thought Patrick came out absolutely on fire the second game in the third period. He was and how, how about AV? If yeah, we're not going to apologize for good goaltending. That's what it is. Sometimes you just steal a win with good goaltending. Yeah. That's what good goaltenders do. That's, it's that simple. That's what Carter Hart is, man. I mean, and thank God, dude, because if Carter Hart didn't pan out, which clearly, you know, all indications feel like he has. But, I mean, yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, just for years, we were just struggling to find that, like, rock in net. And, I mean, all things considered, especially the start of this season, like you mentioned, Carter Hart's just been looking like an elite goalie in the NHL. And gotta love it. 9-2-5 save percentage this year. Mm, so love that. I mean, now it's two games, so I don't – Throwing stats out there is, I know it's premature, but fuck. I think he's <laughs> he's starting uh, tomorrow night too, right? And yeah. Then he, I think yeah. Av said Elliot will take the next one. Yep. Look at you, bro. You should take over to Liberty L. <laughs> you like that, dude? A little, <laughs> little hockey prep there right before the show I did. God, so. I, I just got to – dude, I appreciate A.V. so much. Dude, there's I no know. bullshit with this guy. And not only that, like, that is just such a good decision. Like, Carter Hart's – that, like, the hot hand, you start him for game one with no Couturier. Like, your team needs a win because that second game, like, we hate, like, you, you don't want to lose a game. But, like, if you take the first game and you're 3-0, and that second game you could afford to maybe lose in a shootout or something. Like, yeah. So, Afy's just, just martini man. I love him. I was going to. I was going to save my my praise for Av a little bit later when we started talking about the Morgan Frost situation because I really think the way he has dealt with the loss. I mean, losing Couturier sucks no matter which way you put it. I mean, he's one of the best two-way guys in the league. I mean, he just won the Selkie last year. He's awesome. But the fact that, like, he was – Frost deserves this chance and how he's putting Frost right in that spot because he doesn't want to mix up the other lines because he thinks JV, JVR, Patrick, and Fortrick are playing well. Just the, just, just the fact that he, he sees – the talent that Frost has, so he has no no worries about throwing him in that situation. And I mean, he's on power play one, two, Frost. So it, it, it's exciting. Av's been awesome. It's a breath of fresh air from the last regime because the last regime, Haxtell would have made. I mean, I saw a tweet. I forget who tweeted it out, but they were like Haxtell would have made Frost start at the bottom and like work himself yeah. up. Fucking Av puts him in a position to succeed with skilled players around him and. Let's see what he does with it, man. I mean, Frost really has a chance to, to, to take this and run. And it was almost like foreign to us last year when AV came in in his first year and Farabee gets called up and yep. he's playing with Giroux in game one. And we're like, huh? Because for the last five years, all of our prospects have been thrown through the fourth line ringer and have been thrown in there with Laterra and Belmar playing five minutes a night where they're not able to make any contributions or continue their development at all. Yep. And it's just, it's just, yeah, it's fresh to have a good regime. We'll get more into Frost and get more into AV in a bit. I really want to get into the fact that we actually have nothing, we have no complaints, we have nothing but good things to say about James Van Riemsdyk thus far into this season. Dude, he looks good. He He looks good. He does. And that's the thing, like, we're not haters, bro. Like, if he's playing good, like, I'm I'm gonna give him credit for it. But if he's playing like shit, like, I'm I'm telling him bench him for Frost, for sure. (laughs) I mean, we talked about it before the season started. I mean, he needs to be one of those guys to, to have a good start, and he has. I mean, so far, he's looked He's looked pretty good. I mean, one goal, two assists, mm-hmm. three points in the first two games. I'll take that. I mean, that's what JVR needs to do. He needs to produce points. That's what he's that's what he's here to do. Fits with Patrick well, too. I really like he that. Does. I was unsure about how that was going to fit. It fits really well. I like also, that. I think playing a veteran with a young kid like that motivates the veteran to play well because he wants the young kid to succeed. I really do. Like, I really think putting JVR with Patrick – 
like makes uh, JVR want to like work a little bit harder. I don't know. I I think there's something to that. Especially with like what Nolan Patrick has gone through in the last yeah. year, signing a qualifying offer. Like he definitely wants to get this guy some points to get yeah. get a bigger contract next year. Yeah, yeah, for and sure. I'm, and I'm not just saying Nolan Patrick. I mean, I think the same situation with Frost. I mean, he's playing with Konechny and Limblom. And I know when you hear Konechny and Limblom, you're not thinking of a of, of, of veteran presence. But I mean, Konechny's been in the league for what three, four years now. I mean, Limblom. Yeah. Been in the league for a solid, um, a solid amount of time too, so they're in the core for sure. They're yeah. not like like young kids anymore. Like they're a part of the core now for sure. So it's 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 good to see Av put these prospects with very very high these very high skill prospects in in positions to succeed. Because I mean, you've seen Faraby with Giroux and Hayes, how well that's worked out for them. What was Jeru's quote today about Frost that had us ready to run through a wall? Yeah, he it? said something about how like the Flyers fans are going to enjoy watching this kid play, something like that. And I was like, like Drew knows. Come on, if Drew's saying that, come on now. I mean, it's all you need to say to get me, to get me. Hyped yeah. Me. I mean, I was already hyped before that. So. <laughs> Gustafson. Yeah. I was chips just in in game one. I was just going to bring him up though, because I want to talk about him for a little bit. Yeah, let's go. His shot always seems to get through from the point, but he he's definitely a liability defensively. One hundred percent. I mean, I don't. I don't think him and Hay have been, have been good. I mean, they've been average. I think. Dude, Charlie O'Connor said it best, and like I can't think of it any other way now. Like when he said he's a giveth but taketh away player. Like yeah. he'll he'll join the rush and he'll like give you that goal where you're like, wow, this guy adds a whole another element to the offense. And then you just see him like throw an absolute grenade <laughs> through the neutral zone for a turnover. And um, yeah, no, I I totally agree. I do think it he'll get as he gets more comfortable. Like he won't yeah. look as rough. As he gets more accustomed to the system, you have to think he's probably him and Patrick are probably the only players in this lineup right now that it's they're they're just they're just now getting introduced to the system. Yeah, I mean even more so Gustafson because Patrick's been at least been around the team. He was practicing last summer before before the the season ended. So even I mean Gustafson's the one player who's coming into a completely different system. The rest of the team's been here. So did Ghost have COVID? Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say Gus has been really solid on the power play. But yeah. like you said, it's no. like giveth and taketh. I mean, O'Connor was absolutely right when he said that because you do see him kind of fall back and, you know, make some questionable defensive plays. But, I mean, Nolan Patrick and what was the other goal he set up? I forget. But on the power play, he's been great. Uh, the other goal was uh, TK second last That's night right, yeah. when, when JVR like went into the corner, kicked it out to him. And then he yeah. like put it out, and then TK buried the rebound, which looked like it was kind of kicked in. I'm glad they didn't decide to take a further look at that. We're not worried about TK anymore, right? Like I'm not, I'm not talking. I know I said it all, all off season. I never was worried about Travis Konechny. Travis Konechny is the guy, and that's why I said when people were slandering the fuck out of Giroux for that playoffs, I was like, no, Konechny. If if Giroux's getting the lion's share of the blame right now, I want Konechny to get fucking double because Konechny was our top point scorer yeah like he is the guy you look to like he's the guy in, in a game you look for for that goal he's the guy you look for to make that game altering play like that's just as much as it pains me to say it like Giroux is not number one on the totem pole on the flyers no more although he is the captain like he's not the guy they look to it he's probably third it would be like connect me and then him maybe and it's just yeah I'm, i was never worried about him though especially never. after the regular season he had last year and i knew he was going to come in determined um, he has he has the right mindset. He's not like the type of player that gets mentally shaken. I wasn't wasn't worried about him, and you could see it. Like I mean, a hat trick already. Come on. Yeah, I mean that was awesome. And I think it's crazy that Konechny can have a hat trick like that, and it's not even like the biggest story of the game. Hart was the biggest story. I mean, we talked yeah, about it before. He's got a franchise goaltender. Deep team, bro. I mean, I very. The only people on the team right now without a point are Braun, Sandheim, Haig. And that's it. God, I have Sandheim in my fantasy, man. Come on, dude. Yeah. I should have picked Myers. Fuck. Wait, wait. Braun, Sandheim, Myers, and Hay. Those are the those are the four. Oh, Myers doesn't have a point. Myers does not have a point. Okay, no. never mind. I guess it doesn't matter. But I mean, Frost too, but he hasn't played a game. Oh, we'll have one tomorrow. Oh, we'll get into that in yeah, a bit. We will. <laughs> Kevin Hayes. Kevin Hayes looks like himself already. Like. Another guy, no worries about. He's he's just he's just solid. Like if there's one word to describe Kevin Hayes, it's just solid. He's he's b- perfect player for both ends of the ice. 
200 foot guy penalty kill and power play as we've seen he actually looks pretty good on that power play too he huh? does he does he know we we were screaming for somebody to 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 play on that that right wing and it looks like they finally have listened and and have thrown different players on that power play and i think hayes has been that guy i mean he's been awesome there Definitely. And with the absence of Couturier, I know, I, mean, I know they they tried putting Coots over there for a little bit as well. Yeah. But now they're looking to put Morgan Frost on that side, right? Yeah, so Drew will be on the left wall, and then Frost will be where Voracek used to be on the right wall. Konechny, and then Hayes in the middle with Provy on the point. That's what they were running today in practice. I know we already kind of got into it, but let's, let's, just, let's just get into the full... Morgan Frost sliding in yeah. for Sean Couturier. Let's break it all down because it's, it's probably the biggest storyline right now, and it's it's very exciting to me. As I was texting you earlier today, I'm I'm more excited for this stretch of games than I would have been for the stretch of games if Couturier was in. And I, I know people are gonna be like, "Oh my God, you just like you just yeah. love Morgan Frost that much." Yeah, huh? that but, sounds like, bad. I mean, like it sucks that Couturier went down. Not but this it. shows me. Like because we talked about how good the depth is, this this is gonna show me just how good the depth is for yeah. one. But two, I believe getting Frost reps now and getting him comfortable with the team and playing him with actual highly skilled good players such as Konechny and Limblom, like play driver like Limblom especially. So getting He's him gonna th- have a lot of time, dude. He's gonna have time. There's no way Coots is only gonna be out for two weeks. Yeah, I agree. I was gonna say that I'm not a fucking doctor. I'm not claiming <laughs> I'm a doctor, but like, there's no fuck like. There's no fucking way he's out in only two weeks, bro. I don't I mean, even know how to pronounce what happened human. to him, but yeah. just reading that description, like I wrote that quick update on the Liberty line, but it's <laughs> it's literally when cartilage, your rib tears away from the cartilage that <laughs> connects your uh, to your breastbone. Yeah. And like, he, like, Coots can't even like breathe or cough or like sneeze right now, and we're going to be like, in two weeks? Like, I know hockey players are tough as shit, but that seems like... That seems like more than two weeks to me. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. And that, I mean, so Frost is gonna have plenty of time. Plenty of time. I mean, like I talked, to, I talked to Danny about that today. I mean, he's not gonna be looking over his shoulder. Right. I mean, he's gonna yeah. he's gonna have a good. He's good for ten games unless something yeah. happens. He's, he's I say I say more than ten. And like yeah. that, that's that's what I was saying to you today. Where like it sounds bad, but it like sucks. the reason why I'm more excited is because this stretch is gonna tell me more. The reason why I'm really excited because one, it wasn't a seizing any injury. Like like he'll Dodge come back. The bullet. He'll come back. Like he'll be back about like quarter way through the season. We'll have Sean Couturier back probably by the Lake Tahoe game. Like we'll have him back. Yeah. By the time the playoffs come around, like he'll be fine. Like that's all good. I don't have to worry about that. But now I, we get a chance to put a guy in who has earned, like who's been criticized all summer and, and and even even into the fall now. Like even as he's right before he made the team as the thirteenth forward, there was more explosions on Twitter about how he was a, a bust of a draft pick. Just, just. Right after he had a, like a really good scrimmage game too, and as people were like, "Oh, he was invisible in that game." Obviously, he wasn't invisible. Fucking Av and, and and Chuck Fletcher both coming out saying that they were very impressed with that inner squad game. I mean, Av Av literally said today that he was very impressed with uh, Frost in that inner squad game. We have a chance now to give this guy a chance. Yeah, he's he's earned a spot to be on this team, and now he's earned a spot in the lineup, and he's with Konechny and Lindblom, two of our like just really best players on the team like with some of our best players on the team as, as, with Katoria out especially and it, it's first off it's cool to see the coach give him that kind of opportunity yeah, but dude. now like you said he doesn't have to look over his shoulder and like the Phantoms aren't even playing right now so he's not just going to be sent back down to Lehigh it's 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 his first real shot yeah and like like Morgan Frost is here now like that like this is his shot now actually absolutely you see what Hayes said about Frost today too Got, no, got, I did not. Got me ready to run through multiple walls, Danny. Frost is an exciting player and fun to be around. He works hard. If he plays the right way defensively, he's going to bring some serious offense to this team. And it's it's not just Hayes and it's Drew saying stuff about Frost. I mean, like it sucks to lose Drew. I mean, not Drew. It sucks to lose Couturier. But like we're not the only ones sitting here being like we're excited to watch this kid play because even the players on the team were sitting here saying the same thing so and it was just help the team in the long run man like i think like yeah. come come down the stretch when these games start get like when the 
the, the division starts getting really tight and we really need to earn our playoff spot. And even when the playoffs come around, just, just knowing that we had a guy in Frost who put those reps in early in the year and we'll see how he plays with them. If he, if he starts lighting it up now, this, this is probably like the yeah. best thing that could have happened for the team. I was just going to say that worst case scenario, he doesn't look good. And then Couturier comes back and then Frost gets taken out. And then we deal with it with that situation as it is. Best case scenario is Frost lights it up and Couturier comes back and like, how do you take out a Frost that's lighting it up and playing well? So he has a real chance here, man. I'm excited. I'm a big Frost guy. Everyone here knows that, but it's exciting. It's it's, it's got to take it one game at a time. Can't freak out over one game, good or bad, but he has a shot here. And Oh, you know that's coming. Yeah. You know, you know, he's gonna have <laughs> he's gonna have one soft turnover tomorrow, or like yeah, yeah, yeah. And that people I'm are gonna be like, oh, he needs to put weight on. <laughs> Send him back to Sault Ste. Marie, even though he's fucking twenty one. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely gonna come. But I mean, like, I say that right now, but he he does anything tomorrow, I'm gonna be fucking on. The oh yeah, we're we're gonna re- we're gonna record again if he does something tomorrow. <laughs> it's exciting. It's, it's pretty. It's an exciting time. It, it is exciting. It's like pretty common too. Just the flat that the the fact that the flyers are just so deep, and you can so be like, deep. "Oh yeah, like Sean Couturier's Couturier's out, and obviously he's such a big part of this team, and he's you know awesome at hockey." But <laughs> then you just can be like, "Oh, I have Morgan Frost. Like now he's gonna come in. Let's switch up a couple lineups, and then like we're gonna be good to go. Like we'll be able to maintain." And then like, I feel like a lot of other teams don't benefit from being so deep. That was the that was the most beautiful thing about it was like Katoria gets hurt and we hear he's out for the game and we we we, we, we know it we know it's gonna be not maybe not long term but we know yeah. it's gonna be like multiple games like it's gonna be a bad injury yeah. and I'm sitting there not hitting the panic button I'm sitting like it's not DefCon five yet like I, I'm still no. I still know that this team is deep enough to still be a top team in the East and. And it's also cool to see the coaches die at the panic button. They just go, Morgan Frost, yeah. you're, you're in on that line. We're not going to break up any lines because the, the chemistry seems to be there, especially with the hayes Farabee Giroux one. So we're not going to break up any lines. We're just going to put him in for Couturier and, and let's ride. And then it's it's awesome. It's it's exciting, man. I mean, I'm ready for it. I, I, I woke up today not even wanting to go through the day. I just wanted to sleep you just all want, day. Yeah, you wanted to skip the Frost time. I did. I did because I'm, I'm excited. I'm hyped. And it's like not only am I excited for Frost. I'm, I'm this team's two and zero, man. I mean, we have a chance to to, mm-hmm. to play Buffalo at home again for the next two games, which is fucking awesome. But it's all it's it, it's exciting. This team, even though they didn't play their best hockey, the depth prevailed, and they beat Pittsburgh to sweep the series to start the season off. And it's always like you're always in a good mood when you beat Pittsburgh twice. I mean, I don't for care sure, what everybody says. For, like we have a chance here with these two home games against Buffalo, like two really winnable games. We can go four and zero. Four and zero in a fifty-six game season is so cr- that would be so <laughs> crucial, especially in hockey where you can get points for losing in overtime, and it just be, it gets hard to catch up to people in the standings. Getting that that type of jump on the the points would be so so beneficial for the Flyers down the line, and uh, it's really exciting. We have a back to back here tomorrow, and then on Tuesday. I'm really excited for that. Like you said, both home games. Get to watch Frost make a, a season debut at home. That's going to be sick. Yeah. And yeah, let's just keep on going, dude. Carter Hart, man. like This, this guy makes goaltending fun to watch. Goaltending is most of the time is not fun to watch. Yeah. I don't hit the panic button when we go down, go down 1-0 anymore. At nope. all. Well, even if we give up a lead and it's like one goal away from a tie game, I'll be like, okay. I, I like never hit the panic. Like our culture is so good like our our uh, our personnel our veteran mix with the young guy mix just with av like our whole top to bottom like the way this organization has done a complete 180 from a couple years ago like where i had zero confidence in them but now i have the utmost confidence in them even when they're down like you said two nothing in a game you started seeing that last year too when they were down in games and you were just like oh well like we're definitely going to come back and win this one too and you never really had that feeling in years past never never and like the thing av his system and the one like glaring theme that me and Stumpo have always noticed with with his system thus far is that the Flyers always the way they start a game is the slowest they'll be and that's usually how it's been like they usually start a game kind of slow feel you out dump the puck in and as then they start getting riskier and riskier as the game goes on they start playing with more speed more intensity they dump they dump it in less they yeah. just actually like take the puck in through the neutral zone carry it in and it's um that that is another thing like the AV system man is is so fun to watch. It, it is. I 
I feel like AV scouts the team first half of the first period, and then he decides how he wants to attack the team the first, the, yes. the next two periods. He makes adjustments, man. He does. Yeah. He does. And it's nice to have a fucking hockey coach that makes adjustments, and it's nice to have a regime that just plays good players. I, mean, I know we talked about it before with Frost not playing on the fourth line, but it's it's good to see. Like, Fairby plays with Drew and Hayes right now, and he's a year two guy. He's 20 years old. It, 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 it's just good to see good players playing. And we don't have like a, a shitty bottom six anymore, you know. We God, that, like that first game from Faraby, man, was so impressive. Was awesome. And just to hear like the national broadcast really just kind of like praising him and just saying how good of a player he's going to be. He's going to be putting yeah. up a lot of points. Just seeing him get that national love and to see him score that goal, like that goal was a classic Faraby looking goal, yeah. isn't it? That's a classic USA college kid goal. Just taking it to the net like that, just down low shot, just beating the goalie and um. His assist to Gustafson, they were they were beautiful, nice little nice little passes. His he, assist to Hayes was nice, just getting it on net. He's so smart with the puck, man. It's impressive. I can't wait to make a, a montage in like nine years of all his goals below the goal line because he has so many. I mean, last year he had the one against the Sabers right before this season got canceled. Uh, like it popped right at the goal. He tried to to throw it out the zone, it hit right off the stick, and he had a tap in right through the legs. I mean, he he has so many goals below the goal line because he's just so skilled. He always makes the right pass. Like he, he understands for such a young player, he understands that not every play has to be the big play. Like he has to make the little play to make the big play. So he'll make the little chip, he'll make the stick tie up that I mean we pointed out in the playoffs last year against the Islanders. He had that one stick tie up on that Hayes goal. I think it was in game two. Just he has that little plays for for, for a twenty year old kid that you're not supposed to make that young. That's why that's what makes him so good. And now you're just seeing him develop offensively. He's only going to get better. Yeah. Like he's just, he, this isn't even close to how good Joel Fairby's going to be. So four points in, in in one game, like give me that all day because that's not where the offense is going to stop. The offense is throughout this entire lineup. And now you add a guy like Morgan Frost. It's it's. Whew. Let's go, dude. Now, Farabee's a lot smaller, but when I see him make those, like, plays where he's just, like, those 200-foot plays that you were just talking about, like, and when he's hard on the forecheck, it reminds me of, like, just what Mark Stone does so well. Uh, like, I'm not saying, like, like stylistically, like, especially on offense, they're kind of different players, but, like, the way they're both relentless and not giving up on a play and just playing the right way, kind of like a coach's dream sort of thing, it's mm-hmm. like that I – you just have to enjoy watch Farabee play. Because he he just makes the right play every time. Like there are some players that when you watch the play and you, you, you especially when you watch hockey lot, you see plays developing, you're like, Oh, this pass is gonna go here and then here and then when a player doesn't do that, you're like, Oh, what the fuck? like you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like it's unsatisfying in a way. He always makes the satisfying play, like threads the needle where you're just like, Wow, yeah, what a fucking makes, pass. He makes that little chip play that when you're sitting there watching, you're like, Okay, in order for this play to, to develop the way we want it to develop, like this chip play needs to happen or this stick tie-up needs to happen. And for, for a kid that's so young, and the, like he makes that play, like you said, all the time. He's a very satisfying player to watch, like you said. Yeah, for sure. That, that, meant, that sounds weird now that, now that I think about it a little bit. Just a satisfying player to watch. doesn't sound uh, yeah. like it makes sense, but I guess it does. Satisfying to watch him play hockey. I mean, it's, it's, it's Just like how like, when Ben Simmons... And Embiid are at their best. They are satisfying to watch. Yeah. Like watching Embiid go in the post, body someone up, and then do a turnaround fadeaway jumper, and then have it just be all net. Like that's satisfying. Watching Simmons dunk a ball, like fucking LeBron just down the lane. Yeah. Like that shit is is satisfying as fuck. Yeah, it is. Drew, you I, get, I had a question for Drew real fast. What you got? If there was one thing heading into this game tomorrow that you had like a worry about, one thing with this team, what would it be? With the uh, Flyers, yeah, with the Flyers, because like, I know I, I know. have mine. I, I'm not sure. I mean, Buffalo is not that great of a team, to be honest with you. So and, I don't know. Come back to me. You go first. I mean, just I think one like one thing right now would be like the defense. What I'd I'd be a little bit worried about the breakdown defensively, the sloppy breakouts defensively in the first two games. I mean, I know it's only two games in, so you can't get that held up in that, but it's it's worrisome. I don't know if the whole Braun um, with Provorov is going to last all season. I, I, I don't think Braun's good enough to, to last all season up there. I don't. I mean, he's good. He's solid, but I don't think he's top pair minute solid. So I think something's got to give with the defensive pairs. We've got to find somebody to play with Provorov because Braun's not it. either. What, I, I know that they don't want to break up saying I'm in Myers, but Braun's not it right up there. I just don't think he's... 
maybe maybe Goss despair when he comes back from that's COVID. I, I guess thinking, like yeah, that's what I was thinking. I mean, like is, is is Ghost the last hope before you start looking elsewhere? I mean, I I didn't think they'd ever throw Freeman up there, but you do look at Freeman because I, I really don't think Braun. I mean, Braun's solid and he, he played solid last year and. and that bottom pair role that he had, but no, I don't think he's the right fit up there at Pro Rob. I mean, there's only a small amount of games that you're that you're gonna get away with him being with Pro Rob because I I don't think that they were very good together. I really don't. Yeah. Going into uh, these next couple of games, I really don't have any glaring worries for this team. I think we'll yeah, be able to handle Buffalo just fine. Yeah, I don't think there's any glaring, but if there's any like, little things to worry about, it would be the, the defense to keep yeah. an eye on. Would, yeah, I mean, I mean, Sabres' defense uh, apparently is pretty good this year. So, I mean, yeah, I mean Darlene. Darlene's a fucking stupid. It'll be player. interesting to see if like this high offensive, high goal-scoring team that absolutely destroyed the Penguins in two games this season can actually go up and you know, break through yeah. the Sabres defense, but their goaltending's not that good either. So it's just no. like you have to get through that defense. So it's weird. Uh, like when, when Carter Hutton we'll is see. going for them, it, it's yeah. he he can play really good and kind of steal them a game. But for the most part, like you said, their goaltending isn't anything. The thing that's really worried me, and I've watched both Buffalo games so far. I think they played the Capitals both times. I watched both of them. Uh, the thing that really worries me, their top six, and I kind of said this going into the year, this would be the case with them. Their top six Dude. is so dangerous and just at will can just create goals. So like they're, they're really top heavy, just kind of like how the penguins are with Eichel and Hall. And I, 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 what really worries me is like you said, the, the defense, maybe, maybe the depth pairs. If like, if they can get a, right. if Buffalo can get a mismatch with Eichel and Hall, first off, Eichel and Hall has looked, they've looked really good. I'm just going to say that like they Hall, I've criticized him a lot, especially on this podcast, but he, he looks really, really good to start this year. And, that's what worries me about that is they're, they're high-octane top six. Yeah, I mean, you, the defense and then their offense, too. I mean, against the Caps, it didn't really look like they were what you would expect them to actually be, especially with Eichel, Hall, Skinner, and all those guys. So, Eric Stahl. So, hmm. I, I I feel like it's t- it's tough just after two games looking at the Sabres. I mean, obviously, we're better than the Sabres, but their defense and the fact that they have all those offensive weapons that really didn't come out and play as well as they could against the Caps, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to, say. It's hard to have any concerns about the Flyers right now. It looks so good. I mean, I guess the only concern you can say, which you guys might kill me for, is the fact that Couturier is not there, but you have Morgan Frost stepping in. So yeah. I don't know if that's a concern, yeah. but you know, that's one piece that has changed from the first two games. I think the pace has got to pick up for them a little bit. I mean, yeah, I think they got outpaid, outplayed a little bit, like we talked about. But yeah, and I think that's just a product of, of yeah. just being thrown into a new season with no pre, like no preseason. But like you still for won sure. the game, and like the, the, yeah. the scoring was still there, and we we finished the chances that we had, so can't complain yeah. much. Carter Hart's gonna stand on his head regardless. So like, how good is he? Like how like how good is like, how nice is it to have a fucking goalie finally in Philadelphia? He's the best player on the team. He yeah. he is our yeah, most he valuable asset as well. Yeah, one hundred percent. He will keep you in games. He will shut it down when you really need to stop for you. And it's just like it's a good feeling to have when he's back there. You're like you're not in or you're not out of any game. Yeah. You're not out of any game when you have Carter Hart back there. How often? Can you get an elite franchise goaltender on an entry-level contract? It is not that often you Never. can get him producing at an elite NHL level on an entry-level contract. It is rare as fuck. And the <laughs> fact that we have that, and we also have our number one center, who's unfortunately down with injury, making $4.33 million, and he just coming off a Selkie uh, win. Yeah, dude, it's it's we're a cup contender. It's just as simple as that. He, I mean, he's only 22 years old, but... My fucking god, he's got to get better at handling the fucking puck, man. Like, why or just don't, or just don't do it. Or just, you I mean, know, like you brought it up a couple episodes ago. It's really nice to have a goalie that can come out and do that for you because it really can shut down a team's dump and chase. I mean, it really can really help. And we saw Carey Price do it last year against us. But yeah. like, why wasn't yeah. that the one thing he did this off season? Like that was like the only thing he was fucking doing was working on that because that play against Crosby. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. The one thing they teach you, the first thing they taught, they teach you, fucking ten years old playing ice hockey, is never throw the puck up the middle. Up of the, the middle, ice. never, never, yep. especially in front of your net when Sidney Crosby sitting there. That was an awful play by Hart. It was one. Thing yeah, and you're the goalie. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Like he could have easily just dropped that behind him to Hague, but I mean, 
He's played awesome. Or just heave it off the boards, man. Just heave it off the boards. Yeah, do, yeah, the EASHL style. Like like the goalies in the fucking <laughs> NHL 21 do, where they just send it out of play. Yeah. It was just a bad play by Hart. But, man, 62 or 67 in the first two games, he's been absolutely fucking awesome in that, man. The thing I love about him is his poise. We talked about, especially in the playoffs, like like when Pajot would score to tie the game for the Islanders. And just when you think Islanders have all momentum, he locks the door they, and allows I mean, us yeah, to score. Exactly. They, and that's exactly what happened. Like, we went up 3 nothing, And then we're like, oh, my God. Like, I remember I'm in the group chat, like, planning the parade route and everything. Like, I was so hyped. And then we get scored on twice. Like in quick succession too, and it starts getting a little scary. Yeah. But like you said, we just have a different level of confidence nowadays. Knowing we have a guy like that that just doesn't get mentally shook in game like that. And in that game against the Islanders, when Pajot tied tied that game up, they had all the momentum. And I, th- the games with no bubble uh, in the bubbles with no fans, I Hart made saves after that Pajot goal that I don't think the viewer saw because it was on the opposite side of the camera. But he made some elite saves that were like so subtle. And because fans weren't there to react to it, you don't really notice it on the broadcast. But the pressure did not stop after that Pajot goal. He was standing on his head to force that game to go in OT. I know you know that, but I just want to reiterate how good he was after that Pajot goal because all the momentum was on the Islanders' side. I mean, all the momentum that could have been on their side was on their side. Definitely. Like, the Islanders just kind of had our number in that series. Whenever they took a lead in that series, it was game over. We were getting shut down. Whenever we had a lead, it could be 6 nothing. We, You know they're going to get 7. So, like, it's that, that's yeah. just kind of how that series went. But Car- Carter Hart definitely was elite in both series. You want to get into Twitter questions real quick? Got a couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get in a couple of them. So, Connor Flo, which line has been the most effective? Uh, off the first game, I just got to go Hayes. Giroux, Faraby. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it would be a toss-up between that line and then the, the JVR-Patrick line because I thought that, that towards the end of the second game, they were really starting to get their feet on the room. They were looking pretty good. There's a reason why IV didn't break up a lot of these lines. There's a reason why he just threw Frost up there with connecting and, and Limblom. Isn't it nice that you can just throw Frost up there with two guys like that? And then have yeah, it's two just, two just what having a good coach does, man. Like Two other lines behind him, though. It's just the matchups are going to be crazy, especially at home when AV has last change. I mean, he can really have fun with this because, like you said, Buffalo's top six is good, but when you look at that bottom, that bottom nine. That, I mean, yeah, top. Yeah, Flyers should be able to wear them down. I mean, because once you get past that top six, like we were talking about, mm-hmm. I mean. Bottom six. Uh, we're we're bottom. just so we're so fucking deep. It's like <laughs> it's like hard to even say anything else about this team just because. I mean, I don't. It's Flyers. Hold on, hold good. on. They're young and they're deep. And then you got Cam York coming. I was back just gonna say that. Gold, I was just gonna say that because we sit I here know. and we, we we sit here and we like we nitpick like what is the one thing we're worried about and we go oh defense well no. we have a guy that just won gold as the captain of Team USA in the pipeline on the way and yeah. so it's like it's like it's kind of bittersweet to even say that like our defense is because we know down the line it'll be. It'll be just fine. More reinforcements right on yeah. the way, too. Yeah, so, exactly. I mean, might as well just pencil us in for at least five or six Stanley Cups over the next <laughs> ten years. I, I mean, like that. I'm come on, board. boys. I mean, I'm fucking here for it, bro. That's Drew, I, I want just one, dude. Dude, I could know. you imagine I mean, if we won a cup? <laughs> could you imagine if we won a cup? Uh, I, I, I don't know what I would no, do. No, I really I can't. I really can't, man, to be honest with you. I've thought about it, and like, no matter how sad it sounds, like I would be so fucking emotional. Bad. Just, just pro- probably crying like I did with the Eagles, yeah. Eagles Super Bowl. No shame in that. Man. No, absolutely, dude. I sat at the NFC Championship game for the Eagles when we just absolutely murdered the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, my buddies were all in the stands. We were all like crying at the end of the game. We're like, <laughs> you hey, had we to win the Super Bowl yet? We were just like, oh my god, like we're going to a Super Bowl. Yeah. And then the Super Bowl happened. I was in South Philly at my brother's house, and we were all just sitting there too, like hugging each other, like, dude, this is the first time in our lives that we have seen a Super Bowl. It's, I remember that. crazy. Like, that celebration that night, too. I remember going to uh, to Broad Street, and, like, oh, everybody dude, was friends. Control. I mean, we were yeah. sitting out in yeah. front of this one house on Broad Street blasting Meek Mill dreams and night. I remember that, Everybody yeah. was hugging each other. It was Some dude offered awesome. me a hit of his joint. Some, <laughs> dude, ga- some dude gave me a, 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 a Bud Light, and I just trusted him. He just gave me a Bud Light, <laughs> yeah. and I said, I know this is good, and no dude would try to fucking kill me on uh, after the Eagles won the Super Bowl? <laughs> no. Dude, I, I, I walked... I walked from I was in South Philly at my brother's house and then at the time I was living in Northern Liberties up on Girard Ave which is basically right near Temple Campus and I just walked the whole way down Broad Street it's like probably 3 a.m. the whole way up 
right down broad to Gerard and like back to my apartment and the whole way. Like it didn't matter who you were, what you were doing that night. Everyone was just like, we're champions. And same thing with the yeah, Phillies yeah, parade too. I mean, that was, that was the uh, same type of feeling, but to get a Flyers one would be something else. See, I missed that Phillies parade. My mom didn't let me go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm a little, I'm a little older than you guys. Yeah. So I was, I was, I was a, <laughs> I was a junior. I was a junior in college at West Virginia and drove home. We left the bar and this is a very dumb idea. So I don't want to act like a, it was smart, but West Virginia was like five hours, five hours away. We were like always go to the same bar, watch the Phillies win the World Series, and then me and all my buddies hopped in a car and drove to Temple Campus, like six hours oh, no. in the middle of the night, and then um, just partied at Temple for the next week. And then the parade was Halloween weekend, and it was just chaos down there. It was absolutely nuts. But Better I mean, get that fucking yeah, vaccine out soon, man, because it could be a parade this year. could be a fucking yeah, parade this year. We need a vaccine, and don't drink and drive, though. Don't drink absolutely and drive. Not. That was, a, that nah, was yeah. terrible. Don't do that, dude. There's fucking Uber. <laughs> yeah, there's but, Uber, yeah. I mean, Uber. that was, what, 2008, so that was uh, 13 years ago, so yeah. times have changed. Phillies suck still. So. Phillies suck, but good thing for us, dude. The Flyers... I mean, they're definitely primed to be the best Philly sports team right now to have a shot at winning anything. Yeah. Uh, so. Thought it was going to be the Sixers the way they started, but ugh. Yeah. we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. We we got more questions, right? Yeah, yeah. So Matthew will. Matthew, says, do you see the two games against Buffalo as must wins prior to the two huge games against Boston? It's a good question because I was thinking about this. So you got you got to come out with at least one. I mean, like you got to split. You yeah. got to split. Got it. Like I obviously you want to win both. I'm not sitting here saying oh a loss is acceptable. No loss is acceptable, right, Drew? Absolutely. You can't lose. <laughs> I mean, you can't lose too. But like realistically speaking, we're you got to at least split. Yeah, yeah. You got to at least split. You got to at least take one from ball. I'm um, from Buffalo, and I think you got a good chance to do that. I think it's gonna be two fun games. Um, Frost, like you said, you got Fairby going still. Provorov, I mean, that was an absolute fucking bullet. Come on, guys. Look at that <laughs> shot. I mean, That's a lead shot. <laughs> I mean, besides Nolan Pro- or, uh, Patrick, I mean, Provorov's my guy on the Flyers for sure. My Me boy, too, man. Me too. My boy at work after after that game, the morning the morning after the game, we're, we're sitting there getting ready, and he's like, dude, as soon as I saw that puck hit Provorov's sticks, I was, I was going the fuck in. He was like, oh, he Bro, was, he, he has that kind of shot here. now. He has that kind of shot. He, he did not when he first came in the league. He, he's developed that over time. He has the kind of shot now where you see him get the puck from the point off that like nice cross ice feed. You know he's burying it. Those two goals against Chicago his rookie year. You remember that? Like back to back goals consecutive. Oh, that was such a fun time. But te- this team's so much better. So <laughs> way better, actually. Way better. So, uh, my expectation go. I, I honestly like. Yeah, you definitely need the split, but I honestly want both. And I hope their mindset, well, I'm, I'm, of course their mindset is to get both. Because if there was any quote-unquote gimme team in this division, it's Buffalo it's or Sabres. New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, These are the games you got to win. They don't get any easier than this. They really don't. Yeah, they, they get yeah. way harder. I agree. And, um, yeah, especially down the stretch. Like, if, if, if it's down the stretch and we're, like, fifth seed, out, maybe out of a playoff spot just by chance, somehow, like, that happens, and we're, like, only, like, one or two points out, we'll really be kicking ourselves if we lost a couple times in regulation of the exactly. fucking Sabres. You, you want to jump out to start this season, especially with a shortened season in general, and just beat everyone that you're supposed to be and then steal a couple from, you know, the top-ranked teams. But honestly, I mean, Flyers are one of the top-ranked teams. So these mm-hmm. two games against the Sabres, you have to come out and yeah. win both. Yeah, but it's I mean, not a doomsday situation unless you drop both. I mean, we could split, but obviously, I don't even think that's going to happen. I think Flyers win both. Me too. I, th- I definitely think they get at least like three points out of it. If they lose, maybe they'll lose in like OT on, on some shit in one of the games. But I'm, but, I'm sorry. No, I got No, I was just going to say, I'm not even like, because he was saying get points before Boston, because yeah, those are going to be huge games. I'm really not even worried about Boston. They they have not looked too good against New Jersey of all teams. They really did not look. They lost. They lost the game to New Jersey, and they they got outplayed for some stretches during the first game against New Jersey, and they just barely escaped that game in a shootout. So it was like, I'm not even worried about Boston. They don't have Pasternak, and they look kind of shook. And to be honest, they look like a team. They look like a veteran team that the time is just kind of catching up to them. And I might eat those comments a couple months from now. When yeah, they're, you might. They're, I don't give a fuck. 
But as of now, they don't look good. They don't look good. They, they really don't. don't. I mean, like, they don't have Krug. They don't have Char. They don't have Pasternak right now. They, they lost some guys. I mean, you look at their lineup, and you're like, ooh, ooh. Like, what are they dealing with over there? Like, thank God I'm not a Boston fan. But I'm already looking for the Flyers to come in tomorrow and start fast. I, I, I need to see them start fast, crisp passing. Like, I need to see them get on that level because the past two games have been getting outplayed. So they, they, they need to come out fast tomorrow to, to start this game. Yeah, I would definitely love to see it. Last bit of questions. This is a bunch of three questions in one tweet from our boy Bleed underscore Orange and Black. Number one, he says, "Do you guys see any consequences for Vorchek's comments from the league?" Uh, we just oh. we just got news on that actually a little bit ago that he had a meeting with the league, but the results of that meeting aren't are disclosed or they're whatever. Not so do anything, they're not doing anything about it. Um, I mean, what can like he, he dropped two curse words, man. I mean, like. It's like a small fine at best. Like uh, this is the only thing I'm going to say about that situation because honestly, it's between Voracek and him. But it, like he said, what he said, and it happened. Are they going to do anything about it? Probably not. Should they? I don't know. I mean, that's for it's everyone's opinion. I mean, he said what he said, and it happened. I mean, he's always been that kind of player to say what's on his chest. I mean, and it's, it's funny new. as fuck. It and is. I funny. have to say, it's <laughs> it is. funny. It was entertaining as fuck, dude. But like, it, 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 like he's always been like that. He's always said what's been on his mind. I mean, it's nothing new with Voracek, but I mean, it is what it is. It's what's what. Dude, it I is. love that energy. It's, it, it, it's like a whole thing, and and this is like more of like an overarching issue. But like we were talking about it, you know, before we hit record too. It's just like how can all these people just constantly say things about players? But like players don't have an opportunity to say back, and like, what's the problem? Because he cursed. It's like yeah. 2021. Like everyone curses. Like turn on any song on the radio, and everyone's cursing. Put on a movie. Put on anything you want. Everyone's cursing too. Like, I, if people want to make it such a big deal. I guess it was kind of shocking that a player was talking to a reporter like that. But yeah. I mean, pff, get fucked, dude. Let, let, let's say whatever <laughs> he wants, in my opinion. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, if if you gonna dish it out you gotta be able to take it especially him i don't know if you guys have seen the quotes that have been circulating about what he has said about no, Voracek over I, the years i don't really care <laughs> he has said some things where i if i was a player i'd be like fuck yeah fuck you dude like you are a weasel right. like he is he's, he's questioned Voracek's <laughs> like work ethic acting, he's still acting like a weasel on twitter right now he's like using it as like an opportunity like he's tweeting a bunch of nonsense right now about it. it's like dude just yeah. I mean, let it go. Like, obviously, Voracek was uh, upset. Maybe he shouldn't have cursed and ex- expressed his emotions that yeah. way. But at the same time, like, the NHL is having, like, league discussions about it. I think everyone needs to just relax a little bit and just move on. Yeah, I mean, who just threw their elbow at, at Sanheim and only got a fine for it? Only got a, only got a fine for it. Like, that play looked dirty. I'm not going to, like, sit here and, like, be like, oh, he should have been. Like, it is what it is. Yeah. But, like, if, you, if you're going to sit there and find some guy for dropping an F-bomb, how about our player that just got elbowed? In the head. Yeah, just got elbow in the fucking head. I agree. Weren't there more questions to to bleed orange and black's question? There was, yeah. Small sample size, but any part of the Flyers game you guys are worried about, we kind of got into this defense. But for the most part, not really worried about anything. There's no glaring hole. Nothing where I'm like... Like, dude, Sean Couturier is not in the lineup tomorrow, and I'm not worried. Like, that tells you all you need to know about the depth. I mean, we're... we're, Carefree living, baby. Just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. You're gonna notice it a little bit. I mean, he is the he's a, Sel- a former Selkie winner, but like, oh, I noticed it have, last night. Yeah, or two have, nights ago. Gonna have Hayes and Patrick step up in those roles, and then obviously you have a guy like Morgan Frost who brings that kind of offense to the table. It's it's gonna be fun. But like the the two things to answer that question. Sorry, but cohesion and the defense is my two worries. But like cohesion could yeah. it, that's just playing games and the defense. I don't know what the answer with defense is right now because I don't think Braun up there at ProBrop is the answer. But I mean, we'll see. I'm not like if that's my biggest worry right now, then I'm good. I'm good. I'm pretty confident in the cohesion of the team right now because, like yeah, I said, the, the just, only new people coming in are Nolan Patrick, who who was around the team, and Eric right. Gustafson. So they pretty much and they came out the gate two and zero, scoring eleven goals in two games. Yeah, I mean, so, maybe not cohesion, probably the, the wrong word to use, but like just, just like the overall play. I mean, they've been getting outplayed a little bit the past, uh, the first two games, like I've said multiple times. But it's just like I mean, they just need to play a little bit better. Just, just, just play their game a little bit more. Be on top of the puck a little bit more. Get in on the forecheck. It, it seemed like they were chasing the game a little bit, especially in that second period. They just need to get back to their game, which they will. I think it's just like you said, first two games, but um, we outscored them pretty bad. So go Flyers, let's go. Yes, sir. Let's go. 
One last part to that question. Do you guys like the idea of rotating some of the bottom six guys around to keep things fresh? Love the content and TLY fucking rocks. We appreciate you so much. I love what AV said today during his presser. He was like, the lo- he was, I love Lawton line. Lawton, Raffle, and NAK. He was, I use them to kill penalties. Use them to for like energy shifts. He's, I love them. I wasn't going to break them up. He was like, I thought Jake... JVR and Patrick, they started out a little slow, but I thought they started getting their feet under them. And then he was like, I didn't want to break up the Fairbeef line for obvious reasons, but it's I'm not rotating anybody right now. And it doesn't seem like AV's rotating anybody either. It seems like he likes his lines the way they are. I mean, we said it multiple times. He threw Frost right in there because he doesn't want to mess up those lines. So, no, right now I'm not, I'm not rotating anybody unless somebody gets hurt, knock on wood. Too early. Too early, and the team's playing... At this point, right now we're two and oh, two oh and oh for a reason, playing a little bit too well. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking NAK out for for Bonneman right now. Is uh, no, you know? <laughs> yeah, or I, yeah, or I, that, or I think he means like shifting up like the lines a little bit. I guess like oh, line okay. combinations, maybe. No. Yeah. So no, like, there's a reason. Like I said, there's a reason why he threw Frost right in where Couturier was playing, both on the five on five and on the power play. Same spot yeah. Couturier was playing for. The exact reasons I just listed was he just doesn't want to mess with the chemistry because he thinks this team's starting to get their feet under underneath of them. So I'm not changing a damn thing no. in terms of forwards or goalie, nothing at all. Defense, excited, you can shake that up a little bit. Excited to see Elliott on Tuesday. Honestly, I am. Yeah, excited me too. To see him get his game because he's. I mean, he played well in that inner squad game. So he, he stole the game. He did. He really he did. Played well in the shootout. So it's, it's exciting stuff. Flyers are the best team in Philadelphia by a landslide. It's not even close. I know the Sixers are pretty good, but I feel like Sixers Twitter is so much more toxic than Flyers <laughs> Twitter right now. Flyers Twitter is oh, they fun. Stink. Flyers Twitter is fun and exciting. Especially the last couple of days. Sixers Twitter has been a bad. <laughs> Like really annoying bad. last like, couple of days. Like, like they're you, bad when this. They're bad when the team is good and the, nothing's wrong with the team. The clown profile picks. Yeah. <laughs> oh God! Don't even be sorry. I blocked everyone this morning <laughs> from all every account that I have access to. Design tree, my own. I just blocked everyone. I'm done dealing with like these, you know, no picture people that don't know shit about what they're talking about. I just blocked everyone. <laughs> Let's do some uh, predictions. Yeah. 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 Let's let's cap it all off with some predictions for I guess the next two games. I don't know when we're gonna be on next, but let's do the uh, the two Buffalo games and then we'll see where we're at. All right. Dan, Dan, you go first. You and Drew. All right. Um, I mean, mine's mine's relatively easy. I think that uh, Sabers Flyers come out, beat them both in both games, and I think you still see Nolan Patrick playing well, and I think Morgan Frost. Notches a point in both games. Oh, that's spicy. I've, I'm going to hop aboard that bandwagon. I do think Morgan Frost is going to notch a point because like Stumpo said, whenever a young kid who gets a chance gets in the lineup yep. and he's playing with veterans, they try their absolute hardest to get this guy paid, exactly. get this guy in the NHL, and he's definitely going to have opportunities. So I, I definitely think Morgan Frost point is a go. I, I'm, I'm not going to say in both games, but I do think – he gets a point or two in maybe one of the games. Um, I'm expecting us to, if I had to predict it, I'm going to say we go in there, wipe them tomorrow. Ooh. It'll be like a, a 6-2 game. And then the next game, the next day is going to be much harder, especially with Elliott and Net. Uh, it's going to be a, a game point. that's going to like go into OT. Maybe we've got to grit it out in the shootout or something like that. But I do think we take both. I like that. I like that. I say we uh, take both too. Actually, no, I'm going to say split. I'm going to say split. I think we take tomorrow, and I think the Elliott game is going to be a tough one, like you said. But my big prediction is going to be two points for Frost in these two games, these next two games. So, I mean, he could go oh. over that. We're all going with the Frosty prediction. I, you know, I <laughs> fucking love it, too. I mean, he, I mean he's, thrown right on, I mean, he's thrown right on power play one. I mean, before we end this, let's talk about that a little bit. He's thrown right on that bitch, dude. He's been playing, <laughs> like, like I've, been, I've been thinking about this since we drafted him. Fucking Drew on the left wall and a guy like Morgan Frost on the other wall. Because How many be- nights have we been sitting in your backyard absolutely <laughs> waffled talking about the possibility <laughs> of J- Pause the possibility of Giroux dishing one to Frost on the power play. We talked about that shit for years, man. So this shit is, is really exciting to us because Frost has that... Like, we, we always talk about his quick release, and we always so talk about how Voracek, like, like although, like, yeah, he's a great passer and all, he doesn't really have a great one-timer. He, he doesn't really elevate shots. the puck. He has his shots, but it doesn't seem like he, he doesn't shoot 
that slap shot all the time. Like, he just doesn't yeah. choose to do it as much five percent of the like time to do. Like when you're on that side and you're getting passes from a guy like Claude Giroux, who has been on that left wall since I've been able to watch hockey. You need to be able to just fucking roof the bitch. And I got like Morgan Frost on the other side. He, he I mean, his quick releases, I think, probably the best on the team. Arguably the best on the team. His his release is super quick, so it, it, it's exciting. And I mean, it's hard not to choose two points. Two points for Frost in two games might not even be that crazy. I mean, he's on the first power play unit and he's playing with uh, Konechny and Lindblom. So, dude, I hope so. In a perfect world, Frost comes in here. He but, he lights it up <laughs> enough to the point where they go out and maybe ship JVR to Ottawa. I, Who knows? You don't know. Like he's not playing with Casa and Voracek like he was a little bit before. Like like they're good players. Voracek's a great player, but like he's playing with two very very good players. Play driving forwards. Limbaum's gonna be the guy to get in there deep, get the pucks out of the corners. I mean, it, it, it's gonna be fun. I'm excited. Let's go, go Flyers. Go Flyers. Yes, sir. And I guess we'll wrap it up there. Yeah, let's wrap it up. 60 All minutes. All right, yeah. 60 <laughs> minutes. Oh, my God. Hour, that's perfect. Let's go. This has been a fantastic episode 50. Can't believe we're at 50. We probably should have been at 50 a long time ago, but things have gotten in the way of that. It's yes. good to finally hit the big 5-0, though. Uh, this has been Danny Deemer here with Chris Stumpo and Drew Smith. You can follow me at T-L-Y Danny, Chris at Chris Stumps, Drew at Drew M. Smith, right? Yes, sir. You can follow the Liberty Yell on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can go on Design Tree. Use our code TLY10. $10 off some Liberty Yell merch as the season kicks off. And let's go Flyers, baby. Come on. One more thing. Go Flyers. Go Flyers.